have to tell you, um, being home recovering after this um, cancer surgery has been really interesting. Um, and, and, then if, and then again, if you know me, you know that I'm not used to just sitting at home doing nothing all the time. I, I like to be busy and out and about doing things. So I watched a lot of baseball games. I mean, I love baseball, so I'm going to have surgery, be home recovering. At least it's during baseball season, and my team's in first place. So, hey, that's great news. I did a lot of reading. I did some writing. I watched two political conventions, which led me to do a lot of praying. (laughs) Now, I'm still still not 100%. Uh, I have to admit that to myself. I have to catch myself, you know, slow down. I found myself walking from my office down here and just talking out loud, slow down, slow down, slow down. So so for the next few weeks, I'm still going to be in the office just a couple hours a day because I really don't want to overdo it. So I I thank you in advance for your uh, continued patience with me and uh, and your continued prayers for Cheryl, uh, who has to deal with me on a daily basis. Our scripture today is, a, is, a, is an important one. All scripture is important. But I think in, in, our, in our nation right now, it's important for us to pay attention to what Paul is teaching us through his words to the church leader, Titus. Because our scripture has to do a lot about who we are as God's people. Paul is reminding the church leader, Titus, about how Christians should act when they're around people who aren't part of the faith. And if you live a normal life, you're probably around people all the time who are not Christians. And it's important for us to remember that that we are who we are when we're with them. See, Titus oversaw the work of the churches on the Greek island of Crete. And he was responsible for teaching all the leaders of all these churches on the island, how to live out their faith. So Paul begins by telling Titus just how Christians should live in society. And and the first thing he says is that Christians need to submit to the government authorities. Now, notice he doesn't say that we should necessarily respect those who are in in the government. But he says we need to submit to them. And it's hard sometimes, isn't it? It's hard to submit to someone who is above you when you know that they may be doing some unethical things or if it's someone that you don't respect. Yet if, if God has placed them over us, then we have to trust God knows what he's doing. God is in charge. He knows what's best for us. The second way Paul tells Titus that Christians should live is to be obedient and to always be ready to do what's good. Listen, Christians need to be the hardest workers in the office. We need to be the most dependable employees, the best friends. We need to be the ones who are always trustworthy and honest that people can depend on. And then Paul writes that Christians should never speak evil of anybody. And stop getting into petty arguments all the time. Aren't we good at that? It's almost like a spiritual gift, isn't it? 
Don't speak badly about anybody. See, that's gossip, and that has no place in the life of a Christian. And finally, Paul shares that Christians should just be calm, chill out. Don't think you're the center of the universe. That happens a lot in the church. When we think that my view is the right way and I am the moral authority in the world. Paul says don't do that. Jesus is the moral authority in the world. Don't think you're above everybody. So why do you think, just just think for yourself, why is it important for Paul to share these things? Why is it important for Christians to focus on living these ways when we're at work or shopping or with friends or wherever we go? Why is that important? I think the answer is quite obvious. The eyes of the world are on us. We're being watched. They're spying on us, everybody. They're checking us out. They want to see if how we live is the same as what we say we believe. Why would someone want to be a Christian if the Christians they know are sneaky and negative and lazy and self-centered? People are watching us. That's what Paul's getting at in this, in this part of his letter to Titus. See, Paul says all of these negative things, that's, that's how we acted before we gave our lives to Jesus. Why would we act that way afterwards? He says, Jesus died on the cross to overcome this sin in our lives. Our lives can be completely transformed by Jesus if we just ask him to. But unfortunately, sometimes people see us do things and they hear us say things that don't represent Jesus. Yet we're the ones who say that we know who Jesus is. See, our our faith is definitely internal. We have to have a, a personal relationship with Jesus. But our love for Jesus must also exist on the outside of our lives. We can't just keep it to ourselves. Yet, isn't that what society wants us to do? You Christians, believe what you want, but just don't tell anybody about it. Keep your faith to yourself. That's what they tell us. Yet they push their secular agenda on us and expect us to agree with them. It's not fair, but that's the world. What society really needs, and I don't know if they will ever admit it, is that they need more Christians living our faith outwardly because they need Jesus in their lives. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's easy to, to listen to people or watch them and, and we, see, we see that they're living a life that is completely foreign to God. They're making decisions that just boggle our minds. I have, I have some family members like that. And I'm like, what are they doing? What's wrong with them? They should know better. But the truth is that they don't. 
Remember Jesus, as he was being crucified, he asked his father to forgive the Roman troops because they didn't know what they were doing. So when these folks outside the church are rude and mean and tell us to be quiet and want to persecute us, it's because they don't know any better. So we pray for them when they do that. I wonder sometimes in this this culture that we live in, it's so contentious. I wonder if we've allowed ourselves to become cynical and negative because we're watching too much news. Anybody watch too much cable news? Yeah, I see all your heads, yeah. Maybe we're allowing the secular world to influence us through the news rather than the Holy Spirit influencing us. Maybe we're spending too much time watching the news on TV rather than hearing the good news of Jesus right here. What would happen? What would happen if we all turned off the cable news for a week? How would your life be different? Well, I wouldn't hear everybody's opinion. That's all cable news is, isn't it? It's just everybody giving their opinion of the news. I wonder if we'd become a little bit less cynical, a little bit less negative about life. See, the truth is that cynicism is the great deceiver of the Christian life. When we become cynical, we, it, we have an attitude of sarcastic negativity. That's the opposite of Christian joy. I think Jill Winter and Jeff Corbin have the best ministry positions in the church. Working with children and youth is an absolute blast. I used to preach every week during a children's worship service at St. Luke Methodist in Lexington. It was called God's Backyard. We met for an hour. And I'd preach a 20-minute sermon to these elementary kids. And they'd listen. Or they, or they pretended like they, like, like they did. Preaching to elementary kids is great. It's really fun. But Jack, be ready for them to say anything at any time. I've heard stories of Julie Alice Carter just standing up. Imagine when, if an elementary kid did that every week. One Sunday, I was preaching about Jesus walking on the water to, to, to the disciples who were on the boat. And just as I was getting to the part where Peter was going to step out onto the water, a little boy yelled out, wait a minute. I'll, I'll never forget this. The kid's graduated from high school now. I think he's already graduated from college. He said, wait a minute. Did you just say Jesus walked on top of the water? And I said, yeah, he actually did. For real, no kidding. And when you say for real, no kidding to a kid, they know it's real. For real, no kidding. And he looked at me and he said, whoa, that's just awesome. (laughs) Have you lost that kind of wonder in your faith? Writer and youth leader Mike Iaconelli once, once said this. Listen to this. He said, the greatest enemy of Christianity may be people who say they believe in Jesus, but who are no longer astonished and amazed 
When was the last time you were absolutely astonished and amazed in your faith in Christ? Is your faith so predictable, so logical, so internalized that you've lost the wonder of what it is that we believe? Listen to Paul in our, in our scripture passage. Listen to what he says. This is our faith. This is what we believe. Listen to Paul. He said, but God our Savior showed us his kindness and his love. He saved us, not because of the good things that we did, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins. He gave us a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us because of what Jesus Christ, our Savior, did. He declared us not guilty because of his great kindness. And we know that we will inherit eternal life. These things I've told you are all true. How can you not be astonished and amazed when you hear those words from Paul? Listen, if we truly believed that Jesus has completely transformed our lives, if we truly believed it, everybody around us would know it. All we have to do is take that faith that we believe in our hearts and live it out. It's that easy. Listen, it's really true. People are watching us. They watch how we act. They watch what we put on social media. They listen to the words that we use. And if you go out to eat after worship, let's make sure our tips are over-the-top generous because they know that we're the Christians because we're dressed up like we went to church. Let's represent Jesus well. And I know it may not seem fair for the world to treat us differently than everybody else. But again, that's just the reality of the world that we live in. That's where we are. It's the same way for the first century Christians in the Roman Empire when Paul, and the, and when Paul was alive. It was the same sort of culture. They treated the Christians differently. See, in, in every interaction with people that we have, every interaction, we're either driving them closer to God or away from God. It's really true. That's a lot of pressure, isn't it? But if we're living a life of awe and wonder, we don't even have to think about representing Jesus well it's just going to happen people are going to be drawn to Christ simply by who we are let me tell you this church is filled with people who draw me closer to God I'll be honest it's 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 tough for me this is confession time it's tough for me to ask for help when I need it I guess since I'm a pastor I'm supposed to be the one to help other people right It's hard for me to ask for help. So when I was home for two and a half weeks recovering from this cancer surgery, your cards and your text messages just nourished my soul. When Sunday school classes brought us meals last week, they were difficult for me to accept because I didn't want people making a fuss over me. But I knew there was a lot of Jesus love in those meals. 
Let me tell you, a whole lot of good flavor too. You people are amazing. See, showing love and care for others is how we draw them to Jesus. Sharing our faith with others is something that Jesus commands us to do. If you're a Christian, it's not an option. Here's an example for you. How would you respond if you go to work and someone at work said, how are you able to put up with all the negative, grumpy people around here and still have such a great attitude? Maybe someone would ask you that. How would you respond to them? You could say, well, just keep the coffee hot and I'll be happy. That's one way, that's an easy way to get out of that. But what if you said something to them like this? Well, you know, I used to be grumpy and mad all the time too. And I met somebody named Jesus and he changed my life. What if you said something like that? Is your love for Jesus deep enough for you to reply to a coworker like that? See, people outside the church are definitely watching us. And to me, that's, that's not a burden. That's a gift. Folks are curious. People know that there's something missing in their lives. We don't have to remind them of that all the time. They know. They know themselves well, but they don't know where to find the answers to life. We have the answers to life. His name is Jesus Christ. So let's show them what a life in Christ can mean to them. I used to love to take youth to Kings Island. One, I loved all the roller coasters. But I loved to be able to stand in line for an hour. Because I was standing in line for an hour with teenagers. And I got to be in their lives for an hour. And the people around us got to see us interact as a Christian youth group. And we were witnessing to Jesus by going to King's Island. See, it's easy to be a witness for Christ. It's not just getting in people's face and say, you need Jesus. There may be a time when people need to hear that. But most of the time, it's just being real and authentic and living out your faith in a demonstrative way. See, that's a responsibility not just for each one of us. That's a responsibility for the entire church. And by inviting these football teams this morning, we are telling them, we want you to come here because there's a message you need to hear. And when Coach David Buchanan, who was formed spiritually through this church, shares his faith, they're going to hear different sorts of words coming out of that football coach's mouth. It's going to be about Jesus. And it's going to be about his love for them. And it's what these players and their families need to hear. And because we are a church that wants Jesus to be in everybody's life, we're inviting him to come. And I'm so excited. See, living out our faith, having that responsibility is not a burden. 
Y'all, it's a blessing. Let's pray.